Hi, this is Chris. And this is Elmi. And we know something about astrology. I'm a Sagittarius. Elmi is a Scorpio. Today is Monday, February 14th, and this is for the week of February 14th through the 18th. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's Day. It is also our 100th episode. Woo, happy 100, everybody. Yeah, we thought we'd celebrate our 100th episode by recording our podcast on a Monday. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, we're you know we're gonna talk a little bit about Saturn today, mm. old happy-go-lucky Saturn, everyone's favorite party planet. Mm-hmm. Another great way to celebrate your 100th podcast episode. Podcast episode. Talk about Saturn. Yeah. Um, but with four planets in Capricorn right now, and Saturn being Capricorn's ruling planet. You know, Saturn is going to come up, and it did come up over the weekend in my personal life. You know, Saturday, I had an exact Saturn opposition. Mm. So what does that mean? You know, I'm not really sure, but um, we're going to go through this. Maybe we can bring some sense to it. But, you know, in my birth chart, if you look at where Saturn was when I was born, Saturn was in Leo at 16 degrees. And this past Saturday, February 12th, Saturn was at 16 degrees Aquarius. So that is a perfect Saturn opposition. Aquarius and Leo are opposite signs, and they were at the same degree. Mm. So long story short, on Saturday, I was temporarily out of service. (laughs) Um, You know, astrologers, of course, talk a lot about Saturn returns. That's when Saturn returns to the sign it was in when you were born. And it usually happens when we're around 28, 29 years of age, somewhere in there, because that's how long it takes Saturn to make its way around the sun. So if you were born with, say, Saturn in Sagittarius, it'll take about 29 years or so for Saturn to return to Sagittarius. And that's when you have your Saturn return. And they usually say that's a time in your life when you need to get serious. You know, you're not a kid anymore. You might not feel like an adult quite yet, but you can kind of see that the playing field has shifted and certain things that worked in your life up until that point might all of a sudden not work. Mm. And you might need to reinvent yourself or at the very least take a very different approach to things. You might need to bring new people into your life or you might need to move on from certain relationships, but it can be a tricky time of forced change. And you're going through these changes without necessarily being able to see your new path clearly. You know, things can feel foggy and you yourself, you know, you might feel a little down in the dumps. Saturn does have that depressing edge to it. It doesn't necessarily lift you up. <laughs> it's more of a Saturn's that thing that helps you get through tricky times or really difficult times. But it's not really pep talk kind of energy. So when you're dealing with your Saturn return, that can be a really hard time for people. Mm. Now, there's also this thing called a Saturn opposition. And that's when Saturn is in the opposite sign of where it was when you were born. And that can cause some friction and inner turmoil as well. So if it takes Saturn Saturn 29 years to make a full revolution around the sun and return to the sign it was in when you were born, then that would mean it takes about 15 years to get to the halfway point. Mm. And when it's at that halfway point, that's when it's in the opposite sign of where it was when you were born. And that's your Saturn opposition. So, you know, you're born and then around the age of 15, 
is when you're dealing with your first Saturn opposition. And at 15 years of age, you're probably a freshman or a sophomore in high school, and maybe you're experiencing some raging hormones, as they say, and now maybe your classmates are having parties where there's alcohol and people are making out. People might even be having sex around you. It can be a lot. Um, you're just kind of thrown into this. Um, so I don't know if a lot of us look at where we were at that age, 15 years or thereabouts, and think, oh, yeah, I really felt empowered back then. I had a really great handle on everything and just took everything in my stride. You know, if anything, I'd say things around that age are changing really quickly, and we're just doing our best to keep up with it all. So um, we're trying to create our own identities back then. And anyway, I guess what I'm saying is I felt like a 15-year-old uh, this past <laughs> weekend. I just felt momentarily confused by life, uh, mm -hmm. overwhelmed to say the least. Fortunately, it only lasted a day. Um, maybe that's because I'm a Sag. I tend to rebound from these things quickly. But again, I, I mean, I'm not sure what the point of having an astrology podcast is if you're not occasionally going to talk about the stuff that doesn't go well in your life and maybe being able to point to the planets and saying, well, hey, th th there was a pressure point here, you know, so this could have um, impacted anyone. And for me, it was that Saturn opposition. I just felt... Like I couldn't move. I just yeah. needed to kind of shut out the world for for a day. I mean, you know, I turned my phone off and I'm like, I'm not going to touch my phone all weekend. I'm just turning it off. And that lasted for about three hours. <laughs> I mean, about three hours with the phone being off. Yeah. But, you know, Saturn is just one of those things. It's it, it, When you're feeling a Saturn influence, no matter who you are, it's one of those things where just you kind of feel bombarded all at once. Like you just have to fix everything at once. Like everything in your life you want to have control over in that moment, like any loose ends can feel really overwhelming or if you're not fully satisfied of where you are at certain points in your life or certain areas of your life you're going to want to say like well i really need to get serious about those things and, mm -hmm. and make some changes and and going forward you always do but when it hits you all at once it can just be uh. mm -hmm. and it kind of reminded me of like when i used to go to an astrologer when i was first getting into this stuff and i remember her it was maybe our second meeting i remember her telling me something about how she had just been dealing with a saturn thing and back then I couldn't quite tell you the exact what it was it would have gone over my head but I remember it was Saturn and I remember her saying that she couldn't move for like a week and I remember at the time thinking well that's kind of dramatic mm -hmm. but um as I've learned how Saturn works I'm like yeah it can just kind of uh just kind of puts you in a vice and just kind of clamps down and just says no you're not dancing out of this one you're not you know whatever you have to look at the cold hard facts of things and um at the time though when it's happening when it's really you know uh, doing its thing on you, it can be hard to think at all. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, you just kind of sit with it and hopefully mm -hmm. get through it. So that's my Saturn opposition story. I don't know if it was interesting <laughs> to anyone but me. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, that's why we didn't do the podcast on Saturday. I just needed a little, a little breather. Yeah. But the other thing about Saturn is that as annoying as it can be and as dismal as it can be, um, it's heart. If, if some people might say Saturn doesn't have a heart, but it, I think it does. And I think its heart is in the right place. Saturn wants you to improve. It wants you to be a better version of yourself. And Saturn gives you second chances. I mean, mm. we have a Saturn return, you know, when we're 29 or thereabouts. We have another one when we're 58. I've nice. already mentioned Saturn oppositions. We, we could get into Saturn squares if we wanted to. But at the end of the day, you know, they say with Saturn, like certain situations kind of keep popping up in your life until you kind of master that. So it's trying to help you improve. 
And it's usually in areas that we don't willingly want to improve. It's not like Jupiter, where it's just like, hey, everything's coming easily. It's usually something where you need to work at it a little bit more. But, you know, Saturn keeps coming around, and there is that karma element attached to Saturn. Um, but it also gives you other chances. It does. Um, so I think that is a good thing to keep in mind with Saturn. And fortunately, we have other planets. You know, it doesn't have to be all Saturn all the time. <laughs> if Saturn and Pluto are bringing you down, then we have Jupiter, we have Neptune, you know, we have uh, Mars, Mercury, Venus, take your pick. But um, anyway, I think that was a nice uh, little uh, wrap up of my Saturn opposition. Let's get to something more interesting and more uplifting. I would like to transition to the Ask a Scorpio segment of our show. Oh. As I mentioned at the top, Elmy is a Scorpio. She's been a Scorpio her entire life. And every week, I like to ask Elmy a question to get her Scorpio take on life. Mm-hmm. Now, Elmy, as a Scorpio... I, I'm not going to ask you what you thought of the Super Bowl because I have an idea <laughs> that you would say because Tom Brady was not playing in it, you were not particularly interested in the Super Bowl itself. Right, though my hometown won. So in that case, that was a cool little idea. Yeah, because you're yeah. from L.A. I am. You're a native Angelino. Yeah, go Rams. And your team, the L.A. Rams, formerly the L.A. Rams, formerly the St. Louis Rams, once again, the L.A. Rams, yeah. have won a Super Bowl, Yay. and that is awesome. Yeah. Um, so, Almy, as a Scorpio, yeah. what did you think of the halftime show? Mm. Okay, as a Scorpio, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but uh, I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. I had a great time. I loved the surprise little 50-cent element. At least that was a surprise to me. I still, I think there were some misses. I really wanted more Kendrick Lamar. I understand, of course, that they have time constraints, but I really wanted more Kendrick Lamar. It was like, and here's Kendrick Lamar, and goodbye, Kendrick Lamar. And all right, I don't know. I thought that was a weird song choice. It makes me think of Atlanta, the show. It doesn't really make me think of, like, California Super Bowl. And he's got so many great hits. I mean, I don't know. I I think we all thought he was going to do Humble. Um, But he was great for what he did. Everyone was great. Uh, yeah. I I honestly, though, I think I liked The Weeknd's performance last year a little bit more. Um, but I did appreciate the energy and it just felt to me like it was a little hectic, a little manic, having to fit so many performers in there and that little weird dollhouse setup they had in the field. Um, that made it also feel kind of disjointed and less of like a fun party vibe while just hanging on stage. I don't know if like that set piece was really necessary. I appreciated it artistically, but it also kind of sectioned everything off in a way that I didn't feel was um, the spirit of like a amazing let's have fun halftime show. But that being said, obviously as a child of the 90s, of course, I appreciated that halftime show. Very fun. Um, yeah, I think my only thing would be I would have just loved more Kendrick Lamar, but I understand why it was the way that it was. Yeah, yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job. Like you said, there's a lot of artists they're trying to cram into a very short period of time and trying to keep all that coordinated. Um, quick follow-up question, and this is just an open-ended question. Next year, who would you like to see perform? And here's the catch. It doesn't even have to be a musical act. It could be like, well, I'd like to just see Bill Gates give a TED Talk, or I'd like to see Steve Martin do stand-up or mm-hmm. something. Uh, who would you like to see perform next year? 
For real, though, I do think it's Taylor Swift's turn. I guess she just doesn't oh, want to do right. it. They actually announced, you were telling me that, they announced that Taylor Swift is going to do it? Or? No, no, no. Oh. That was just me being silly. Oh. Um, I don't know when she's, I don't know if she'll ever do it. I feel like it's up to her because at this point I think she's proven herself to be one of the biggest artists in the world. And I don't know. I, I have it, I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't approach her. I mean, Katy Perry's played the Super Bowl I think Taylor Swift is on the level of Katy Perry, if not higher, in terms of worldwide sales and reach and all of that. And I'm surprised she hasn't done it yet. I I think that if you really think about Taylor Swift's songs, there are a lot of jams in there that would be fun to hear in a stadium. And I think that she's proven to be an incredible performer and songwriter. So I would really like to see her at the Super Bowl. I don't know if she'll ever do it, but I guess for me... That's probably the next person that I would want to see. I don't know. Is there anyone you want to see? Sounds good. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing David Lynch, <laughs> you know, talk about meditation for <laughs> 20 minutes. I think that'd be a fun halftime show or Crispin Glover doing his slideshow uh, presentation and reading from uh, books and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Just kind of mix it up. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. that would. But... I think that would be like a really bad Super Bowl halftime show. It'd be a memorable one for, for, for different reasons, yeah. but yeah. Might also be fun to do like a hair metal halftime show. That'd be great. Or like Motley Crue. And yeah, Snake have the guys from Cobra Kai, like have Ralph Macho yeah. and William Zabka introduce okay, the it bands. it doesn't always have to be oh. about Cobra Kai. Okay. But it can be, sure. So you're saying you want like a Karate Kid Cobra Kai halftime show and you think that makes sense. Yeah, okay. either Cobra Kai themed or David Lynch Twin Peaks kind of thing. <laughs> right. Those are the only two <laughs> right. worlds that I know. Right, and of course those things have mass appeal to everyone. They do. And, they yeah. do. There will okay. be several people who will be absolutely thrilled. Yeah, me being one of them. Yeah. Um, anyway, All so right. uh, Elmi, thanks as always for sharing your Scorpio perspective. Oh yeah, you got it. And that concludes the Ask a Scorpio segment of our show. Thanks. So let's see what's going on this week. Um, well, today, Monday, February 14th, Mercury is actually changing signs. Mercury is entering Aquarius today. And I always tell people anytime Mercury is changing signs, that can be a time of confusing communications. Uh, just like Mercury retrograde, the day that Mercury changes signs can also be a little clunky. So Monday, Tuesday, Get extra clarity on things if you're feeling a little bit fuzzy about stuff because there will be some potential for miscommunications. Now, Mercury was in Aquarius at the start of this year. Mercury already was in Aquarius from January 20, or I'm sorry, from January 2nd through January 25th. Mm. So Mercury was in Aquarius for most of January. Mm. Uh, then we had a Mercury retrograde. And Mercury went back into Capricorn during that time. But Mercury has since gone direct. It's now chugging forward again. I always say Mercury chugs. I say that Jupiter chills. I say that Mars charges. I say that Saturn slices. I say Saturn is slicing its way through Libra. Pluto pounds its way through Capricorn and Venus dances. Thanks for um, putting up with me with this silliness. Um, but Mercury, <laughs> yeah, but Mercury is now returning to Aquarius where it will remain until March 9th. Mm. So look at any projects or things you might have been trying to get off the ground since the beginning of the year that so far maybe haven't gone as smoothly as you would have liked, or maybe there's been no momentum with them whatsoever. But now with Mercury going back into Aquarius, maybe you will get some momentum going with those things again. Uh, I mean, we talked about how tricky it was going to be to get off to a good start this year. We were opening with a Mercury and Venus retrograde, but things are smoothing out a little bit 
now just in time for a full moon this Wednesday, February 16th. We will have a full moon. The moon will be in the sign of Leo. And it's going to be exact at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. So Wednesday is one of those days where I'd say, you know, focus on yourself a little bit. You know, it's okay to be a little selfish every now and then. And I would say Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there would be a good time to do it. Uh, focus on yourself, you know. Uh, during Aquarius season, Leos don't have all that much to cheer for. And when the moon's in Leo, especially this full moon, that might be a time to kind of assert yourself a little bit and remind yourself that you are awesome and that you are an amazing human being. So that's going on on Wednesday. We have a full moon. Also on Wednesday, February 16th, Venus will be forming in exact conjunction with Mars. So both Mars and Venus will both be in the sign of Capricorn at the same degree on Wednesday, February 16th. Mars tends to intensify whatever it brings to things. So with Mars uh, conjuncting with Venus, Mars could bring some intensity to Venus, to your love life. At the same time, Venus likes to bring some ease and pleasantness to whatever planet it meets up with. So on the other side, Venus could bring some pleasantness to Mars. So okay. if you are dealing with some stressful situations or negotiations, that kind of stuff, hopefully Venus can bring some diplomacy to that. We're looking at Wednesday, Thursday for kind of the height of that. Okay. But but again, Venus and, and Mars are staying in pretty close conjunction for a while now. So this is hopefully a good time for diplomacy as we are looking at certain things in the world where there are some um, hot spots at the moment. Hopefully this Venus-Mars conjunction will help with certain negotiations. Uh, Wednesday through Friday, the moon's going to be in Virgo. And the sun will still be in Aquarius. And, and when the Aquarius sun and the Virgo moon meet up, I call that insomnia city. Uh, it's great for mental work. You know, it might actually be an incredibly productive time for you. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday could, could potentially be very productive because Virgo has that strong work ethic. Virgo likes to work. A working Virgo is a happy Virgo. Mm. And when it's meeting up with Aquarius, where Aquarius is just kind of has that just limitless potential, like what's possible? What can we do? So when those two get together, the sky's kind of the limit. And um, so there might be just a ton of activity towards the end of this week in your life. And again, you might not be sleeping as much. You might be kind of restless because you're just your mind's going to be going quite a bit. But you might also get a lot done. So there is mm, that. This okay. is the last full week of Aquarius season, too, because wow. Friday, February 18th, the sun will enter Pisces. Crazy. We are already entering Pisces season. So fast. Doesn't yeah. it seem like it's moving real quickly. I don't know. It does. It does. This year is whizzing by. Yeah. And the only other thing of note, on Thursday, February 17th, the planet Jupiter is going to form a nice sextile with Uranus. And that is a fairly rare event for Jupiter and Uranus anytime they form an exact aspect like that. And in this case, it's a sextile, which is considered a positive aspect. Um, Jupiter is the planet of expansion. Uranus is the planet of, again, it's the ruling planet of Aquarius. So Uranus is that planet that just says what's possible and Uranus is also about um, the unexpected uh, things kind of coming out of seemingly nowhere or, or just innovative and revolutionary ideas so look for that too on Thursday February 17th if you have some kind of massive brainstorm where you're like aha I need to do this with my life or this is this project that's just going to like change my world 
uh, follow that. Follow that and see where it takes you. Um, that might be the Jupiter Uranus sextile you are feeling. So this is the last full week of Aquarius. We are hopefully going to be feeling optimistic out there, especially with this full moon charging us up and um, enjoy it. And uh, we'll be in Pisces season before you know it. And then mm -hmm. we'll be analyzing our dreams mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> or having more um, memorable dreams. Let's put it that way. But uh, in the meantime, thanks as always for tuning in. We love you. And I think Almy's going to take us out with a couple deep breaths. That's right. We're going to take three deep breaths to get us settled and focused and ready for the rest of our day. So get comfortable. You can sit down or lie down. Just get in a comfortable position. And if you would like to close your eyes, you can close them right now. And together, let's take a deep breath in through the nose now. And slowly exhale. And take one more deep breath in. And release. Last one, slow deep breath in. And release. Okay, and let the shoulders drop. Release any tension you may be carrying in your neck, uh, forehead, jaw, anything that's tense. You can just uh, let that go. As always, we thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you again soon.